Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley here. Welcome to another episode of the MBA podcast. Ash, we're closing in on the big 100. It's episode 93. How you doing, mate? We're well into the nervous 90s. Yeah, doing super well, James. How are you doing? Mm, Good, good, good. Listeners, uh, it's August. It's episode 93. We're here to talk about ultra personalization. Now, this is something that's not even a real word. It's a made up word. We made it up, uh, but it's a very real concept. And here's the problem, Ash, listeners. We know that in web 3.0, 3.0, we're going to turn web, web 3.0, Ash, you know, web 1.0, the internet's new. <laughs> web 2, <laughs> yeah, yeah, web 2.0 is kind of pretty commonly known as social media, the era of social media. Um, and now, because this has evolved to a point now where uh, social media and websites and essentially everything going on online has got to the point, and listeners, you, you would know this, that there's so much information out there that now you're only paying attention to the stuff you're very specifically interested in, right? Like um, general, generic, catch-all content, it's dying, Ash. Yeah, absolutely. I, I sort of look at this through the prism of my experience, uh, James and listeners, is when I started out, it was very much about promoting everything that you did. The, the search I guess the search aspect of the internet was a long way off. For people to know about what you did, they had to read about you. They had to had to have an experience with you. So you had to promote this general position of I do everything and I'm really good at what I do. That was you know that was the messaging. Nowadays, of course, in the world of metadata, you know, with ultra personalization from the big tech companies about how they promote certain products based on your your behaviour, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you, you look at that now through the filter of a client's or prospective client's eyes. I don't think anyone's out there looking for general information, right? People are looking for something that speaks specifically and uniquely to them, right? Mm. So that, that ultra-personalization is, is from the client's perspective. It's not something. I know, I know you made up the word, James. We like making up words, listeners, don't we? Mm. But... You know, it speaks to what's going on, that if you are out there promoting yourself, marketing, advertising, uh, generating momentum based on a sort of a catch-all approach, well, the people that you're trying to get to are not looking for that. So there's a big disconnect. Yeah, there is. They're, they're not interested. Um, and listeners, you'll know this. If you're, let's say you're interested in golf or you're interested in cars. Well, you're not interested in every type of car. You're interested in specific type of cars, right? So we'll catch ourselves doing this. Uh, you know, somebody could have generic content about cars, but you're not interested. You might be interested in utes or performance cars or um, EVs, for example. And where this comes into play in the mortgage industry and for your mortgage businesses is if you're just going out on your social medias and advertising content, 
to your audience, and this is clients, prospects, partners, and all you're going out with is general market commentary, interest rate updates, general stuff about what the market's doing, well, yeah, that's valuable, but I mean, they can get that information anywhere. If, but on the flip side, we want to uh, segment and personalize our communication to our audience. So Ash, maybe we sort of dive a little bit into what we're talking about here. It might make some more sense to our listeners. So what a mortgage business typically does is they'll send a e-newsletter once a month or once every couple of months to their clients. And they'll send the same sort of thing to their prospects, hoping that over time those people will remember them and come back to them when they are looking for a loan. And in those newsletters, it's, it's catch-all. It's here's the latest rate rise or fall. Here's an update on the property market general. Here's an introduction to my team member, blah, blah, blah. Here's a recipe or here's a photo of my cat. That's <laughs> always the same <laughs> stuff. Um, that's 99.9% of what mortgage brokers do. And I'm glad that they're actually doing that because as we've talked about, Ash, in previous episodes, uh, most clients, the reason brokers le- lose clients is due to not keeping in touch, right? So it's good they're doing mm-hmm. something. But where we can get really ninja with this and where it can really turbocharge what you're doing online and with your social medias and with your uh, email lists is if you take a look at, take a minute to actually think about who you're communicating with. Like, who are your clients? What are the groups of people you serve? And when you look at the data, Ash, like a lot of people will realize, hang on, I predominantly work with two or three different types of people. It's mm. uh, double income, no kids buying their first home. It's uh, people buying their first investment property, for example, and maybe some business owners. Right? Most brokers would have clear two or three main segments that they serve. Um, and if you spend the time to actually work out who you're talking to, you can then segment them and go through an exercise of discovery and put yourself in their shoes and go, right, oh, now that I know I'm serving double income, no kids in their 30s buying their first home, well, now I can think about what they want, what they need, what they're interested in and actually serve up ultra personalized content that when they receive it, they're actually going to be interested in it. Because mm. Ash, Ash, one of the key things I say a lot with content is I don't really care if you're putting out a weekly or a monthly or a quarterly client newsletter or you're posting on social media. If people don't read it or they don't see it and they don't engage with it, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I would say it's a fair it's a fair summary or a fair statement to put forward that the majority of content that the majority of brokers put out is done so to make them feel better, not to make the clients feel better. Right? It's it, you know, unfortunately, that's the reality. Is that most of what we see content wise is oh, I'm put, that that makes me feel better because I'm doing something. Right now, I go back to the old sales maxim which has been around forever, which is find out what your customers want and give it to them. Now, that's been around forever. We all understand that. But we live in a world now where that's become super important. So how do we find out what our customers want? Well, I think you just gave a a bit of a hint to the pathway or the, the process here, James, and that is, you know, maybe all of our listeners, you know, go back and grab your last 20 loans that you did, go through them, 
and come up with an avatar or come up with a, a list of characteristics and, and needs that are consistent amongst those 20 clients. And I would predict, I'd love to get feedback on this, but I would predict that out of those 20 loans, 19 of them will have common factors, yep. age brackets, types of loans, aspirations, particularly fears of those clients that you can collate um, and put together, then use that information. I think, James, you know, you said this, how you then turn that back in the other direction into their, you know, out, outbound into your marketing or social media strategy, what you talk about. Yep. And there's lots of different ways to do that, of course. There's content, there's marketing, there's um, uh, corporate material, your website, you know, brochures, all those sorts of things. That's the way I would go about it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I thought another one as well when you were talking in that uh, occupation is another one that a lot of people will naturally attract uh, multiples of the same types of people. Like you'll realise, hang on, I'm, I keep helping a bunch of teachers or I'm working with a bunch of tradies. Like those sorts of things naturally happen because you start to help a few people, they tell people about you and people work in the same circles. So uh, as you said, Ash, like if we challenged our listeners to go back through their last 20 files and look for commonalities, I think we could get uh, a ton of useful information. And I'm going to be devil's advocate on myself here, Ash, mm. in that the number one thing listeners will be thinking is, oh, come on, James, that's way too much work. You've got to be kidding me. Like most brokers will struggle just thinking about communication and content for their client base in general. Now you're telling me I've got to segment them and come up with multiple different types of content for dis different segments? What? <laughs> but Ash, we are you, saying that. Well, of course, of course. And I think one of the, one of the, the, I guess the real positives in this is, and I think it's one of the challenges for any business owner, entrepreneur, uh, broker, is that amongst all the things I could be doing, all the things I could be spending my time on, what are the right things to be spending my time on? Particularly when it comes to this, this sort of um, almost bottomless pit that we're sort of, I guess, collectively calling social media content and marketing, which is massive, right? This, this ecosystem of, you know, what do I say? How do I say it? How do I follow it up? You know, how do I capture it? You know, and how do I put it all together? Do I do it myself? You know, all of this sort of stuff that we see all the time uh, with, with successful brokers sort of struggling to come up with a way to go about it. So I think, you know, yes, there's work involved, but all of the brokers, you know, listening to this, you guys, you know, you already work hard. You know, this is just about allocating some time to it or getting some expertise to help you or some advice to help you, of course. Yep. Um, and I see this all the time, James. In fact, you know, one of the things that I was, I was asked, I think I've, I've probably spoken to half a dozen of our clients in the last month, new, new clients, and one of the common questions is, um, you know, how do I use platform X, social media platform X, to speak to my ideal audience? And how do I find out who my ideal audience is? Is it referral partners? Is it customers? So the advice was exactly what we're talking about now, is determine, determine who you like working with the most, determine the common characteristics, start to build a, a strategy around speaking to that audience, who they are, what they are, what they like, what they don't like, what their challenges are, 
what industry they work in, I guarantee you every single broker out there, if they did that little exercise, would find out quite revealing information that at the very least it gives you some focus so that you're not firing the shotgun at everything, Mm. right? Oh, you better believe it, yeah. And I I was just writing down and thinking further about what uh, what we've said to, to this point and that the danger, of course, is for listeners to think, that sounds like way too much to do. Can't I just put out something that's general or generic? Surely that ticks the box. And I just want to retouch on that because it's it's super important that um, a social media post that doesn't get any interaction and likes, you may as well not bother. A email to your clients that they just delete, which I can guarantee is probably happening for the most part. Well, it doesn't really count. Like they will only see you as valuable and a trusted advisor and their broker of choice if it's actually useful and valuable to them. So when, you know, that whole argument of, oh, that sounds like too much work, can't I just do the catch-all? It's like, well, the catch-all isn't doing anything. So do a little bit more work and get 10 times the results. And I was just thinking, Ash, while you were talking about this balance of, well, not so much a balance, but it was a bit of a quadrant of, resources versus impact and a lot of brokers want to put in the least amount of resources to this stuff like communicating and engaging with prospects and clients and social media they want to put the least amount of resources in but expect a really big impact and just Mm -hmm. don't work whereas you put you actually dedicate some time and resources to giving the market what it wants which is ultra personalized content and it might cost you not cost it might you might need to allocate twice the resources to make it happen, but I guarantee the impact would be probably 10 times. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And that, uh, uh, I guess, that awareness, that um, process applies to social media generally. Um, and this gets talked about a lot is, you know, what would you rather have, 100,000 followers that aren't ideal clients or 1,000 followers of which 900 are ideal clients? And this is a... This is a big piece of the puzzle with people, you know, trying to work out, well, you know, how do I build an audience? Um, How do I connect with people? How do I take them on a journey to potentially doing business with me? Well, you know, it starts with being clear. And we we do this a lot in our work, of course, James, with our our processes, is going backwards a bit of a step before you go forwards. And by that I mean go backwards to work out who it is that you want to serve. Right? What are their characteristics? Where do they work? What do they? Where do they live? What do they do? What are the outcomes and aspirations that they're looking for? Then allow that to inform the voice that you have out into the world, whether it's on social media, whether it's the way you promote yourself to potential partners, whether it's the way your brand looks and feels. All of those things should be informed by that step backwards before you go forwards, I think. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I've got one more thing to add to this conversation is is that we want to think about ultra-personalization a bit like a continuum. So if you think, everybody, about uh, on one side of the coin, you've got everyone, and on the other side, you've got an individual. So when we think, when we're talking about ultra personalization we're not necessarily talking about tailoring the communication and content right down to the extreme level of individuals right Ash? like we're not saying come up no. with a direct newsletter 
and social media posts for each individual person. Like that's extreme. And then on the other side of that is one piece of content and newsletter for everybody. And we kind of want to be somewhere in the middle. We want to find that sweet spot of, okay, the more you get towards individual, the more tailored the message will be and the more engaged and valuable and impact it will be. But of course, it's going to take you a bunch more work. So the Mm. secret to making this work is just to pick commonalities, major things. Like if you talk to car owners versus BMW owners, suddenly that's enough to get them. You don't need to talk about, I don't know, BMW 3 Series owners, right, Ash? Like you don't need to go Mm. that individual or BMW 3 Series from the 90s in red. Like (laughs) we want to find that sweet spot so that they go, right, oh, I own a BMW, that's me. Or I'm an investor, that's me. Mm. I don't mean you need to start tailoring your content to small business owners between this turnover and that turnover who have four or five investment properties and looking for the sixth, you know, that's Mm. not going to work. You need enough just so that when they're looking at your emails, they're scrolling through their social medias, you have said something that makes them go, yeah, that's me. I'm in that group. Does that make sort of get a bit more context? Oh, it sure does. It sure does. And I think uh, probably the the one thing that I might add at the the end of this process and, um, this might hopefully clarify the, the sort of distinction between broad communications and specific communications. And this is what we work with pretty closely inside our program, of course, but just at a high level. And there's a few of our members doing this right now. And that is, yes, newsletters to everybody are okay as part of an overall strategy. And then you've got what you just said, James, which is categories like, I like this type of car or I'm of this age bracket, or I'm in this industry. You know, they're they're sort of broad categories. Then you can also, using technology, take it right down to a very specific one-on-one approach. Now, the the technology allows this, and we've got multiple people doing this, and some of our listeners might be doing this. And this is actually using the technology to reach out, you know, with a little video, a little personalised video from you, and you can do ten of these a day. Right, they take two minutes, two sections of your database speaking individually directly to them. Oh, ninja. And right, I like so that's the, three levels. Oh, yeah. And that's teasing a little bit, Ash, because we're talking about that in a few episodes' time. So, uh, ah. listeners, you're going to have to wait a few weeks for us to dive a little bit more into the video. But I like the planning of the seed of personalized videos. And uh, that's ninja. Yeah. So, hopefully, that gives everybody, you know, Listen to this episode, a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a snapshot of how to sort of separate in your mind broad general content. It has a place. We're not saying one should replace the other. It has a place. But don't misunderstand the purpose of general content has a role, but it's very limited, right? Then at the other end, we've got the ultra personalized. And in the middle, we've got these categories that your clients fit into, which is when you start to formulate you know, your niche, your branding, your expert authority um, in that particular category. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, you, you can be the, you're the expert, the, you know, for BMW owners that want a mortgage. There, there might be 100,000 of them in Australia. Who knows? But that's a category that you can position yourself as the export of, expert authority. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, this is great. And I think you know, it's a bit of an eye-opening episode for listeners. You know, we're not saying, you know, ditch what you're doing right now. We're just 
giving you a peeling back the curtain and say, this is actually what's going on in the minds of your prospects and clients. This is how they're working and this is what they're expecting now in web 3.0, so to speak. And the more you can get towards that, the more powerful everything you do will be. So uh, keep doing what you're doing and you know really challenge what you're doing in your business because we're not just here to post on social media or to tick a box, we're here to actually get results and engagement and this is where you need to be if you want to really start to play in the solid leagues. So uh, hopefully we've planted some seeds today, Ash. Yeah, last thought for me, uh, listeners, is always should always be looking at this from the perspective of if you were a prospect looking for services, what would you respond to if you were looking at your, your business? You know, look at it from the client's eyes. As obvious as that sounds, actually a really powerful exercise that I think a lot of us neglect um, in the helter-skelter of everything else that we tend to have to do. So just take some time to look at it. Well, if I was a potential mortgage buyer or, you know, and, and I came across my business, would I like it? Would it appeal to me? Would it speak to me personally? That's a great first exercise. Listeners, do it. Think about it. And if you want to dive deeper on this, some, some of this stuff, yeah, give us a buzz, contact the team. We've got lots of great stuff like this. But until next week, hope you sell yourselves. I can't even talk, Ash. Hope everybody, listeners, <laughs> have yourselves a great week. That's what I was going to say. And uh, Ash, mate, have a good week as well. See you next time. Well, it's, it's nearly winter, James. Your brain might be frozen. See it already you is. next time, everyone. All right. Bye, team. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.